All right. Well, welcome everybody to the pilot episode of our podcast, Moscow Mules and Knob Slides. I think this is a three year in the making. I'll throw this up there in a blurb for those that want to watch the video of like an idea that I had literally three and a half years ago. And I think uh, I've been talking to David for at least a year to try to convince him to do this. And what no better time like the present. Uh, I'm Kyle. My co-host over there. I'm David. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah. Very excited for this. I can't believe that you've had a, a three-year idea cooking. I'll post a tweet. I'll like put it in the video. Like I'll splice the video and put it up there. I'm going to have to go yeah, find I, this tweet. It's deep. In 20, January 2017, I think I dug it up the other day. I think if you just search for Moscow Mules and Knob Slides and the same thing on Twitter, I'm pretty sure it's the only tweet. <laughs> nobody nobody has come up with those words in a tweet no so that's a perfect segue into sort of how the name came to be so like i think it, it spun out of the like there's a lot of great podcasts out there in the cybersecurity world and i didn't want to just do another one like uh and you know t talk about news and things like that because there's a lot of good ones there's no reason to, to pollute the the uh, the space with more of the same and you know not get anybody to watch anything besides your friends i would like to expand this fun communities that want to watch it so i think it's the, the goal was to talk about drinks and and then you know switch into you know things you're working on at work if you want to talk about that or things that keep you excited about work or maybe you just want to talk about a hobby whatever we want to make this very fluid but i want to caveat drinks is yeah out the gate was like oh let's talk about like some great alcohol beverages that we've come across or that we'd like to do but we don't want to limit that as well i mean if you make a killer uh, coffee in the morning i want to hear about that i have a buddy that does that and I'll, he's already agreed to do this so maybe he'll talk about that down the road or maybe you just really like a bunch of weird sodas or pops you know depending on what region you're from i've seen a lot of those weird things that come about or you know i don't know maybe you make your own tea from scratch whatever it be like you know we want to hear about it and uh, i think it kind of uh, it's something unique i think a lot of us enjoy a good drink every now and then and that drink is whatever we want to be yeah I don't see anything wrong with, uh, you know, uh, reversing with beer or alcohol. However, I can't do that in my own office. So, uh, you know, that, that's like a, that's like a nighttime thing, right? Sometimes yeah. during the day though, but yeah, I mean, exactly. And that's, it's the goal is to talk about that. Uh, but not necessarily about, alcohol, right? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, today it's going to be, I think that's what we, talked about but maybe down the road i'll stumble upon like a really cool tea i doubt it but who knows um because i've I had to basically switch up my entire morning routine uh, you know not being in the office and having the the supplied coffee we're now into like the the keurig zone where i drink way too much coffee to support the life cycle of a keurig machine and the you know uh, the waste that i generate just drinking my own coffee is way too much so i had to switch to a pot uh, maybe we can talk about the coffee pot someday. You know, whatever. Yeah, I it mean, exciting. And we, did, and we we did this exact same thing, and it's uh, weird, uh, but it's a lot better, and I guess more efficient too. I guess in that grand scheme of things. But that's a talk for another day. There is. What do you What do you got on your plate? Because today, what well, in my plate or in my well, cup? Uh, well, I guess yeah. In your, your so I don't really cup. have a I don't have anything ready to go yet. Um, I brought myself a. Uh, this is cellared oh, in my man. basement for a long time. I was, you know, kind of holding on to it for special days. I think we have a lot of those drinks uh, around here, uh, especially the, the bourbon barrel stuff. But this is an offering from Trogues. It is a uh, beer they call Impending Descent, which is an imperial stout. Uh, this one is aged in a bourbon barrel. Uh, imperial stouts basically have a little bit more malt characteristic than um, a regular stout, uh, you know, like your, your Guinness or uh, you know, any sort of like an oatmeal stout, um, but uh, higher ABV usually. This guy's rocking 11%. So uh, it's a 2018 bourbon barrel beer. So I've I've held on to it for a while. So I think it's it's time to crack it open and uh, you know, time sacrifice to sacrifice so. it. But let's let's enjoy this for the first one. It's corked. I'm gonna pop my nice. cork. How long do they uh, age it in the barrel for before they put it in the bottle? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I guess we should also caveat we're not we're not sponsored by any of these beers that we're going to talk about or other oh, things no. along the way. I just that, have my preferences. Uh, one of my favorite breweries out in uh, here in Pennsylvania uh, is out in Hershey. Used to be in Harrisburg. It is it's Trogues. 
uh, small craft, well, small, they're probably one of the bigger craft breweries now, but still holding true to their roots, haven't sold to anybody big, so I, I will support them in, uh, until I can't anymore. Yeah, I've come across some good stuff. I think you turned me on to Trogues, to be honest with you. I it's, think it was, I, I actually like didn't get into the beer game until I earlier this year. No, it's been since last year. It's been about two years, yeah, because I remember when we when we first started chatting about this this sort of thing, um, you know, I won't say alcohol in particular, but um, when we would go on work trips or whatever, and I'd see you order uh, bourbons, basically, right? And you're like, yeah. I don't like beer. Beer's not for me. I'm like, well, hold on a second. Let's let's back into the slowly. I think I can I think I can fit your flavor profile there and keep it something it was, delicious. But yeah, I think it was that time we went to uh, Baltimore and then we went to uh, that place in Columbia that had that. Uh, wine aged uh from allagash frisco's tap house in columbia a little yeah. shout out little shout out there yeah and my glassware i always make sure i have nice glassware kyle this is a uh a newer newer piece that i got uh I don't know if you can see it camera yeah, this is of course a podcast but this is a knuckles uh, knuckles glass there is a uh, brewery out in richmond called the answer um where they have a lot of like 8-bit, 16-bit Nintendo, uh, Sega-style characters on their glass that they've turned into kind of like a, uh, you know, they always add like a hop theme to it. Um, BlackNinjaDesign.com does a lot of the glass work uh, or all the glass work. I don't know if it's, it's exclusive or not, but um, I always try to, to use one of their glasses. I really enjoy the, the old throwback video game style that they have going on there. Yeah, the throwbacks are um, great. And for the audience, this. David does have some great... Uh, glasses i've been to his house and like you have every time you try a new beer if we're doing like a beer tasting like you get a new glass it's a different glass and it might even be the glass that's supposed to be for that beer type well there's no messing around here um no, not, <laughs> i tried to do it not I tried to do things the right way it's, well i mean they have suggested glasses on uh, a, a lot of these splinter uh splinter series bottles the the, the barrel age stuff from trogues or um uh not just that that brew in particular, but there's a lot that, that will put suggested glassware on there. And this one's more like a chalice type um, to kind of accentuate the, the depth of the body, but um, you don't have to use it, whatever you want to do, but try to treat my friends right when they show up. That's right. For sure. Hey, you come to my homestead, we got some beer glasses, but not, not, not any of the fancy ones. A few from hmm. Dancy Gnome, local here to Pittsburgh, have a couple of their glasses. And I think a couple from uh, House of Thousand Beers in New Ken. They have a couple of theirs, the glasses that look like solo cups, which is, I, I could appreciate that throwing back to the days of the old college days. There's abs absolutely nothing wrong with taking those glasses and using I have, those. I have a glass. Well, I'll talk about the glass and then the beer. Uh, uh, the glass I have is from uh, Old Stomping Grounds, a little NSA glass. Oh, yeah. Look at that. I had to go inside the, 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 the cavern walls to get this glass, I believe. Yeah, that's always the, you know, that was, that was weird walking past the shops. Uh, I mean, we can, we can eventually get into our backgrounds here, but it was always weird walking past the shop and, you know, you were, you were kind of told to stay away from the shops. Yeah. And, you no, know, don't... what the joke was with the buy the t-shirt for your, your mother-in-law yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. So what do you, so I... how about you? So let me throw it your way. So now that I'm enjoying mine, um, I wish you were here to split it, but you know, circumstances yeah. do not permit. What do you, what do you got going on over there? So I got a, uh, I was told, shout to Rich and Nicole, uh, our, our, uh, our family friends. Uh, well, I got to know them through my wife, and I would call them my friends now. But shout out to them. They turned us on to this beer. It's from Connecticut, which is where they live now. But it's from Evil Twin Brewing, and it's called Saigon Scooter Selfie. Uh, it's actually a, a collaboration between Two Roads and Evil Twin, right? But I was told by Rich and Nicole. Uh, that this is no longer being produced. So this is the last can that I had. This is a also a sort of a coffee stout. They call it, it's a Vietnamese coffee stout. I don't actually know what that is, but it's with brown mm. sugar and cream extract added. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, How many of those I mean, did you have before you, you settled here on your, your, last, uh, your last can? I think I've had this can for at least six months and I probably only had it like I've only probably ever had like five of these. I, I think I picked these up from one of the places. What's the place in uh, over the bridge in Liberty you told me about in Pittsburgh? <laughs> oh, um, that the beer store. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about the one the one in like Bloomfield? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. I forgot. The one around the corner, and I can't think of it. I think it's called Liberty Beer. It might even be called. It's It's probably Liberty Beer. I haven't been around. Like, we haven't been in Pittsburgh for so long. So, like, what's the the point? Here we are on May 1st, you know. Yeah, May 1st. Yeah. What's that? So, you're saying that's a a Vietnamese stout? Yeah, Vietnamese coffee stout. Yeah, Vietnamese style coffee stout. You're going to put it in your untapped? Are you checking this in later or soon? I. I will check it in again just because I've already done it, but since it's the last of its kind, uh, I will. For you, the last of its kind. Oh, wow. So they, you, you just said they don't make it anymore. So this is like, could be the one last, of the last ones in existence. The last one that I'll, yeah. I mean, think everybody you know, drank it. Is it gone? Yeah. I mean, it's really good. I really hope this one's good because I, I would say, be fair, audiences, I got a lot of my beer knowledge from David as over the years and you know, growing my own and Rich and Nicole. Again, shout out to them. They're big uh, into beer as well and got some knowledge from there. So, like, I've kept these cans because they're, you know, they age well. I had a sour the other day that did not age well. Poured that bad boy out real quick. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And I think that's just their circumstance. And maybe it was fine, but for me, it tasted crazy. So, I mean, your, your, your taste buds probably aren't lying. If it doesn't taste exactly like you remember it, there, you know, there was an aging problem there. Maybe you had some extra yeast in the can that, that kind of, chewed up a little bit of the uh the sugars from what you remember it you ever notice that you know, on the cans and versus the glasses that these glasses are supposed to be like 16 ounces that you take a 16 ounce can and you try to pour mm-hmm. it all in there you would just overflow yeah uh, i mean i irony in the name of the podcast but you know it's overflowing right <laughs> that's overflow. It's kind of one of the problems with the, uh, the the 16-ounce stemware or the glassware that you might get. Now, I don't want to make this all about glassware today, but... Um, you are a glassware you, connoisseur. You'll get, like, the 16-ounce glasses, and you get your 16-ounce beer, and the head of the beer, you know, eventually overtakes the top if you pour it too fast. You know, why can't they make them, like, 16 and a half? Or, like, you know, just give me a little bit extra just to, you know, handle a full pour at once other you know i've walked away too like because you want that bottom of the can sometimes sometimes things settle and sometimes i'll walk away and forget to pour it in you're like man i wish i would have done that well i guess we should like we should like i do a a, what a a virtual cheers yeah if you're for virtual cheers i guess uh to the first of hopefully first yeah many uh yeah like i said we i think we're gonna reach out to people our friends are in the field and our you know friends of friends so hopefully this expands upon not just people we know directly. I mean, that's, that would be the goal. I feel like there's a lot of people within your network. I, f- I feel like you are probably one of the most networked people that I have ever worked with um, in, in this weird thing that we, you know, exist in and, and make our livings through. But, you know, I know, I know a couple people, but I don't think I know as many people as you do. I mean, we worked in different spaces, but I don't know how, I think, I don't know how I did it. I think I just, I don't know. I don't think I'm that networked. Networked. When I look at other people, I'm like, man, their network's really well. But I think it's, it goes back to like, I remember as a kid, my dad would be like, it's all about who you know. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's not all wrong. about what I know and how I do it. And You're just, just mad, at, mad at your dad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's obviously not the case. He was right. And I've told him that since, you know, I became an adult. Because like the job I'm in now and the reason why we're here in Friends is because I knew someone that worked where we work and set an email and sure enough they were hiring right like i didn't go through like you know i still went through the normal hr process but i still had that little kick that you know from someone at least helped me push me to the top of the resume pile right and that's it, it, i haven't seen like anybody's social network ever hurt them when you're out looking either for a job or you know just trying to um, see what's out there i would say um, in our community as a whole if you you know the infosec community i think it's very friendly in that sense at least from the twitter standpoint and seeing people like hey i lost my job i'm looking for something and the amount of retweets and likes they get and spreads the word and you know is always good and, you know i try to do my part even if i don't know the person or i don't even know the person physically or you know actually know them maybe i follow them on you know social media but i'll still tweet out because it's all you know because maybe someone i randomly know is looking for someone right and like they fit the bill right do my part you know pay it forward right it's nice to be plugged into that world and help out when you can yeah exactly it doesn't hurt so how did how did you eventually how did you get into you know where you're at now like what what happened can you give me like a like a i don't want to say tldr life story but like what's your what's your background that got you here yeah yeah should we go all the way back i guess how we got started 
I mean, like, I don't think anybody wants to hear about how you were a bar back, you know, in, in <laughs> right. Ohio. <laughs> I mean, that, how I got started in tech, I think. Unless, that, I unless that's part of the story. No, no I don't think so. Uh, I mean, uh, granted, I was the first as a kid, like, to have a cell phone. It was because I convinced my parents because I was a bar back to let mm -hmm. me get a cell phone. But that doesn't get me into tech. That, uh, man, I don't know if really, I think it was, I always wanted to work for a three-letter agency to start out the gate. And I went to, but at the point in time, I didn't really, we had programming in school. I would go back, I could like that fond little memory I have from high school. I knew we had programming, but I never took it. I knew people that did. So I didn't get into computer stuff until I was like a, my second semester sophomore year of college. And from there I was, cause I was minoring in criminal justice. And like, that was my goal, like path to get into like, I don't know, DEA or some other FBI, like three yeah. land. And then I realized I actually, I think what sparked it was my RA, uh, my freshman year across my, the hall. He actually worked for a company that was recently in the past year bought by Accenture. So he obviously is really well. He was really big techie and he built, I remember he built a supercomputer with a bunch of Xboxes at that time. I remember going to his dorm room being like, oh, this is so cool. And I think that was sort of flip. And plus my college roommate at that time, uh, the summer going into our sophomore year, he hurt his shoulder and then sat down and learned Windows server side stuff. So I think going into my sophomore year, I knew what I, I wanted to get into tech. And he and he, and he sold his uh, MSP. We'll have him on here eventually. I'll get him on here to talk about stuff too. But uh so I think that having surrounded by that, I was like, this is what I want to do. So I started in the CS world, then transfer schools because I didn't like where I was. They didn't have CS, they had IT. So I was doing both like network stuff, database stuff, you know, your standard IT. I think what we would call DevOps or network, you know, engineers to this, this day. And then on that, like, we also had like a big new media design is what they call it so design like mac they had mac lab and you learn how to do like photoshop and you know uh, video recordings and all this other stuff so i liked both sides of that so upon graduation like i wanted to become like a graphic designer i think was the true like goal but i also liked networking type stuff too i had like a cisco router i remember i bought on ebay so i remember going into after i graduated i didn't have a job lined up <laughs> So, <laughs> I got the TikTok from my dad at that time. He goes, by the end of the summer, you got to find something and find your own place to live. Oh, yeah, get out, get out. or uh, Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I think my mom would have let me stay, but my dad was ready to like open the door and boot me out. Yep. Uh, not that I was a bad kid. I think he was just like, that's how he did. So he felt like I should do that, right? Yeah, it's, so well, like, it's that whole thing. Like, you know, you don't want to have a kid that's failure to launch at, you know, 2022, 20, right? You just, right gotta go so it, and i think the world was different back then too though but so like right before i graduated though and this is uh, the irony to drinking a beer is that it was uh you know my senior year or super senior year i like to call it. i took a victory lap you know nothing wrong with that you know <laughs> again not that i failed because i transferred lost time yada 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 no not important to this story right but cmu carnegie mellon came to do like a a recruiting event at uh, where I went to undergrad and was like, Hey, we're, we have this grad program. It's in like cybersecurity. They call it information security. We also have this scholarship thing too. That's available. Like where you do two years of service in the government upon graduation and you get a stipend while you're in. And I was like, yeah, I'll go to this. Like it was really gamble. It was like a beautiful spring, April day. Uh, and I was like, do I sit on the porch and have a few beers or do I go to this information session? <laughs> life decisions. It was really, this life is like decision. one of those pivotal moments of your life that you can kind of remember like exactly where you were trying exactly. to figure out like what's my next move had my college roommates that we lived in a house off of campus had they been home and not like in class or working we might not be sitting here talking like a butterfly effect but yeah. i went to the session applied to grad school significantly late and i found out went down for an interview and found out like within on the way home back from Pittsburgh to Cleveland that I got in. So at that point in time, I didn't really do anything <laughs> for, nothing. for like eight weeks. Right. Like I only had like six weeks or something before school started. This is like July 7th. I found out and school started like August 15th. 
I was working at the bar, right? So I did. What I yeah. was working, but I wasn't like doing anything it's, explicitly. It, I don't want to say a real life job, but you know, it, it, it's not what you, you know, what, what you're going to be able to make a living off of. No. Getting kicked so out of your dad's house. Yeah. <laughs> so, so grad school into NSA. Had a, a great time there. Did some cool stuff. You went straight in. Like, did you have any sort of like trouble getting in or like what was the application process like for that? Uh, so like because I got that scholarship, uh, they had a, like a, it's called Scholarship of Service by NSF, the National Science Foundation. So they had like a scholarship uh, like a fair in D.C. So I went down there and they, all these government agencies were looking. And this was January of 2008. Uh, the economy was crashing near around then. So mm -hmm. it wasn't great. Uh, but they still, so I, I mean, I talked to everybody and a lot of people seemed interesting. Like I got jobs at a, almost a lot of places, but they just didn't have funding at that time. And NSA gave me a contingent offer, obviously contingent of background investigation mm -hmm. in January. And then I went through all the stuff, went down for my polys, right? And this crossed my fingers because I had nothing else. So I found out that I got a job uh, a week before I graduated in may and then i moved down a week later to dc just out, out of just you just did it yeah just i didn't jumped. have a choice because i was one of those people like i had it like i would love to have taken time off but like i was on my own dime, nickel and dime and like i had bills to pay right like whether it was you know car payment or you know yeah. credit card bill right or whatever it was at that time right so i moved luckily like my buddy who also i have on here jesse who you know he had an open spot in the townhouse he lived in on in on Cap Hill, and I moved into that one. Like that, the guy was moving out that same weekend, and I was moving in. We were like crossing paths in the hallway. That's cool. So that's a, that's a good little twist of fate there that you just kind of uh, you know and end up in a situation where you can yeah. you just kind of convert your life into the next step. You know, I don't think a lot of people are that lucky. Um, I think I don't. Know, I guess you you know you make your own luck. I, I think, but like I think I they all fell right at that point in time. Yeah, and worked at NSA for a while. Then thought the grass was greener on the other side. Went to consulting world. Did that. I made it eleven months. Well, I made it mentally like six, another eight, like pushing to start before I started looking. And then I was out before that. <laughs> for that how, year, how'd you go? And then I went back to NSA as a contractor, working for a big vendor, uh, which was basically a. I was I a government person because i worked on it was 100 billable on site so i basically was quasi government and because i was a former uh, civilian i got a little more respect and it uh than i think typical contractors might get in the world yeah um, and i enjoyed it uh and then i think it was my my time was up in dc dc is a great area there's so much to do uh but i wanted to buy a house and, and look to live and you know and not live in an apartment and things like that and just on the salary i was making i had to live like an hour and a half away without traffic right yeah oh no that's a real thing i mean i mean that's a I, almost i don't want to just jump into your story here but i think that's a good like that's a good spot for me to just kind of yeah fill in where like we have we have that shared experience of you know we were in dc we 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 did it right and lived that life and it's a great place like kyle's not wrong like there was a, a lot of really good uh you know restaurants and and you know social scenes and you know you're close to everything everywhere you know you can be in you can be in gettysburg and you know an hour oh, yeah. and a half if you're into like the civil war otherwise like you can go down to dc you can go to virginia beach within like two hours and it was a really, you know, convenient place to live, but then like, it just wears on you. Um, not so much, you know, the people, I, I think we all met some really great people where we lived and oh, yeah. there's nothing wrong with, with the, the people in the area. It's just, it's crowded. It, the, the commute time, it just, it wears on you and you know, your life goals don't end up lining up with, with what you see in in like the the next five years of your life where you're like oh i love to buy a house just like i said i love to buy a house with some yard i don't need to raise like cows and you know chickens if you're into chicken raising like kyle is i don't need that in my house i just want a yard man i want to be able to like sit on a lawnmower and you know i, I know i don't not everyone's going to share that life goal with me but like you can't 
just get that in DC without, you know, extra hustle or, you know, looking into a, a, a situation where, I don't know, you're, you're able to, I don't want to say afford that sort of thing, but like that, that just kind of financial situation is, is, you know, in your grasp, but you yeah. don't see that in five years. And it's like, I think I gotta, I think I gotta go. Yeah. I made it and, seven and it was, yeah. There's a, it was, it, I guess, it, and this is, like, yeah, this I, was there, like I think said. I was there like seven years, seven or, yeah. seven or nine, uh, I don't know. Maybe there 10? It's a lifetime ago now, man. Like, I yeah. moved down in 2006 after college, and I think we moved in 2015 at this point. So I've been in Pennsylvania, uh, back in Pennsylvania for five years now. Yeah, same for me. So it was, that was, which is also funny that how our stories align. We both did this sort of, Pennsylvania, DC, Pennsylvania. Jump. It's weird that we never crossed paths in Maryland, given like where we were working yeah. at the time. Because I did nine and years. I was in Frederick a lot, or at least around it too. Well, I don't, I don't know if you would have found me, but. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm saying like I was up that way, as far as from DC, right, all the way down to Virginia Beach, right. Yeah. You know, like you said, like you would have thought we, we, we probably could have been sitting in the same restaurant and never known it too. I'm sure that we saw each other somewhere at some point. You know whether it was just in the hallway or or, yeah. or something you know at the at the fort, but um, you know I, I did my nine years in consulting land, um, but I I didn't do it all you know at the agency. It was I did like a year at like NASA. I don't know if you knew that about me, but I worked at NASA for a while. Yeah, um, I I down helped. Like all, all the way down and off the Beltway down there. Yeah, the Goddard Space Flight Center. Uh, we, we used to live in Ellicott City, and we would I would drive down to Ellicott uh, down oh. to uh, Goddard Space Flight Center, and it wasn't a terrible drive if you left at the right time. Like two ninety five isn't you know terrible, right, but it also so. is terrible at the wrong time. It's just two lanes and there's no shoulder, so someone when someone wrecks, it's over. You're just yeah. you're kind of stuck. But I did um, I did a year there before um, any of my clearance paperwork you know finally processed. I got to see some really sweet stuff in in a satellite design lab. Um, you know, it wasn't classified work or anything, but some of the things that ended up launching into space, uh, like the uh, lunar reconnaissance orbiter. I remember when that came through and was like a, just someone's idea. And you know, now a bunch of years later, it spins around the moon, takes a, a ton of pictures and. You know, I, I got to see that thing. So I thought that was cool. But, you know, most of my story was just um, somehow falling into reverse engineering and working on some really, uh, really significant um, government solutions. And you also, but you also like started in tech early on, though, right? You were like CS out the gate. I was CE out the gate. Yeah, I was. I don't think I was really that good at it. And I, you know, I don't know if it's an 11% beer talking, but like, there's still days where like, I don't know how I, I've kind of got through college. Some days where you just like, you spend <laughs> those hours in the lab, you spend those hours in the lab and you're just like, I don't think I learned anything. I don't think I got anywhere. And you know, here I am just kind of working for a, a, a you know, a, a government contractor that's significantly sized and funded and you just kind of fall into it. But like, yeah, I, I, um, I always wanted to do tech stuff. And then once 9-11 happened, that's where I was like, I want to help out, you know, in, in, you know, this sort of world, but I can't, I'm not an army guy that, you know, the military is not for me. So, you know, trying to figure out how you fit into that, that puzzle. And it just kind of happens, you know, um, you know, the right people, like you said, I have a, I have an aunt that uh, is, you know, involved with Booz Allen Hamilton, pretty high level. And she's the one that, that told me about it. Uh, that's, that's, you know, eventually where I ended up working for forever. But she was like, Oh, have you ever considered working here? I'm like, I don't even know who that is. Right. I right. sent out, I sent out four resumes from college. Um, and I, I still remember it was General Electric. It was um, Boeing, Lockheed and Booz Allen. I got two interviews. I got an interview out in Chicago for um, Boeing. A town. And, yeah, Pizza. and then and then um, oh, well, I didn't get to enjoy the town. That's a that's a story for another day. But it was basically an up and back. They these you know I got to stay the night. But uh, and then I got one job offer, and I ended up in in Central Maryland for nine years of my life. And then yeah, you, know, you get like it's, like we talked about a couple minutes ago. You just it just wears on you. And then um, I wanted to still do you know significant government work and looking back to where I grew up and where I lived, you see uh, Carnegie Mellon is hiring 
and you know, of all the places I thought would have thought that I worked when I was in my thirties, and you know, you told me I'd been working there when I was eighteen. I there's no way they want me. There's no <laughs> way they want this brain. Right. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> Not a chance. I mean, like this is like you piggyback on that. Like I still think that some some days you wake up. Uh, sorry if I keep looking off. I just like look off at times and think. That's fine. But uh, uh, yeah, like I'm like, man, do I know? what i know i mean both of us are in teaching now we teach like and sometimes i'm like mm, should i be teaching but like what i'm just teaching is things that like i wish i would have known yeah. like 12 Ooh. years ago that out the gate if i would have had these like so that's my goal with teaching is like make students exponentially better than in the same period of time of like when they reach you know 13 years in their career or wherever the heck i am in the time frame right but like at times i'm still like uh, should I be teaching these people anything? So, so what's your class that you teach? So I teach like a like applied threat analysis class. So, uh, you know, uh, walk the kill chain, you know, the Lockheed Martin kill chain and like a little bit of each way. Right. And then the call, I think the, why I taught that, I think, cause I, I think I built it backwards. Well, my wife and I built it and we're going to have her on because she's also in the same field as well. But, um, like I had this product, like do a honeypot, like honeypot and then collect data and then out and analyze it. But how do you get there? Like I went the, through the, the whole semester was to do that. So like the culmination of that project, which I don't read many of my student reviews, but when I get reviews back from students and, and that, you know, talk to me, they said they, that's gotten them jobs, them explain the, their honeypot project and what they did to analyze yeah. it and stuff like that. And the other class I teach is like a network analysis class. Cause that goes back a lot to, you know, my days of, uh, in the government world is looking at a lot of PCAPs, right? So I like PCAPs and if I have that, I feel more comfortable analyzing all the data because then you can, you just have another piece of the puzzle as many of us know in this field, when you have more pieces of the puzzle, sometimes getting the solution, you were given a coin uh, for like a thing. And I have, you know, a plethora of coins that I've received or collected, right? Because I also do a lot of other traveling too, but yeah. that was probably the culmination. I mean, I have, a, I'll show it for all the people because it's not like a, Secret, super secret because I have but like I'm a piece of the palace right I had to have like a director's a, a general's order to bring this back what palace is that you say piece of the palace perfume palace is what they military called it so it was on Saddam's oasis uh he had like an oasis outside of Iraq like I'm sorry outside of Baghdad and and it was he diverted all the it someone's gonna fact check me on this but I, for what I remember and what I was told, he diverted a lot of water from Baghdad to his oasis because he had all these reflecting pools. Think of like the reflecting pools in the DC. They weren't necessarily that big, but some of them were probably that big or bigger. So there was, and then one of these palaces was the Perfume Palace. And it was, there's a backstory to that, but I'm gonna keep it PG-13. No, that's cool. I'm, yeah. I'm, I didn't know you had one of those. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's- Chunk of that. It's, it, as you leave, it was always a leaving gift that you got a piece of the palace. Was that like a wall on the outside? Are you taking a piece of his bedroom? What what kind of chunk did you get there? I don't know. Yeah, it's a nice piece of marble. It's a marble. Oh <laughs> it's yeah. Marble. All, oh, all you the got buildings. some floor then. That's got to be floor or wall. I mean, the whole things were marble, dude. Were, were they? Like he built like palaces. Well, he, didn't, he didn't drywall. <laughs> no, <laughs> they did. The engineer was very backwards, but he had a palace that he called Victory over. Iran, victory over America, uh, houses oh, yeah, for his kids. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, that one took a nice JDAM to it, but uh, <laughs> you can go with tours, right? But that's like, I have pictures and all, man. But yeah, that was cool. That was probably the, the most achieving moment. I mean, but let's flip the coin. What about for you? Uh, you know what? I have, I have a lot of stuff that I, I don't think we can really, you know, get into, unfortunately. Um, we can talk about it some other day, some, some other place, but. There's definitely uh, some some moments where you're spending a, a significant investment of time and you don't know why, right? You're you're being asked to you know reverse engineer this thing, no idea why. Make make this tool, no idea why, right? Because that's not how contracting works all the time. You know, you you get a, a request to do something and then you just do it because that's your job. Um, I have a you know a, a significant number of those moments, but. Um, Honestly, like when we went to DEF CON last year, that was probably one of my first ever presentations where um, we had uh, worked on that SATCOM terminal reversing. And 
it turns into a, a CVE. I didn't know what a CVE was until I came to Carnegie Mellon. I had no idea. I didn't care. No, I had no reason to care. But then, you know, we, we did a significant amount of work and, and did a talk at DEF CON. You know, out of anywhere in the world that lets me speak in public. You know, I never thought it would be DEF CON. Well, Carnegie that was Mellon cool. I mean, now too. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> My life is full of these moments where you're just like, why do you know what you got here? Like, yeah. are you sure? Did you look into me at all? Nah, in my background? Don't, don't think so. I mean, I think that's a, you know, I think any of the things, you know, given our state of the world right now, you know, a lot of the virtual conferences, a lot of people be able to present to the work. I think it's good. And I encourage anybody to said, there's still times I get nervous, you know, getting in front of people and, I don't, I don't have any tips for you besides if you if you've made it and you 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 did the analysis and you wrote the presentation you don't need to rehearse it a hundred times right because it's your work it's like your thoughts it's your product right and you just you know you we reversed it or sorry we reversed it we we have but we you worked it right yeah we uh practiced it together because obviously there's two of us going and the flow of that and stuff like that but I think like anybody that wants to present places, just do it. You know, we want to hear there's, I've heard all types of stuff. I'm like, Oh, I had no idea I could be doing that. I've been doing this. Like, you know, I can cut through the yard, been this whole time been walking around the block. Right. Like, and learn something new from someone. Yeah. I must've been doing it wrong. Yeah. Must've been doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife would yell at me too. Cause I'm really, I try to be efficient, overly efficient. Yeah. I think like you, you're risk averse. I try to be very efficient with everything. And if I'm the efficiency efficient. is not there, I'm not efficient I, at all, bro. I lose my mind. And like, I've obviously calmed myself down right about it, but there's times where I'm like, that's so backwards. I don't even know why you would even think that would be the right way to do something. Not her, yeah. but a situation, right? No, you don't want to judge anybody for doing, for, you know, the work they're doing, but like, you know, I, I think it's human nature to just be like, Oh, I would have done that a totally different way. Like it's cool to hear about the way you did it though. Yeah. Cause nothing wrong I, with that. Cause to me, I'm like, Oh, that will hundred percent increase my efficiency now <laughs> Yeah, by doing so, it the way you do it. <laughs> yeah. I right? learned something. Right. Exactly. So, uh, do you think, so talking about like virtual conferencing, do you think black hat or DEF CON is going to happen this year? So uh, I, I guess like just to throw this backwards, yeah. like I think one of our favorite places to go for conference work is, is probably black hat and DEF CON, but you know, we're, I don't want to turn this into the, you know, the COVID-19 discussion, but do you, what, what do you think? You have any predictions? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say because there's there's also lots of great conferences I haven't been to that I've like were on my mm -hmm. list to either fund myself or get work to pay for. Right, like I've always wanted to get to infiltrate down in Miami. I don't even like the hot weather, but like I've heard that conference is great. They have a Brazilian jiu-jitsu component to it too, right? So like to me, that's like oh, double like whammy. Uh, but good, yeah, good so, whammies, not bad whammies. I love Vegas. You know, I love Vegas. I've been to Vegas. I want to say a dozen times, right? And for me, it started out as like, oh, I can gamble and I can win money or not, right? I never, I'm actually probably breaking even over the years. But now it's just like, I like the atmosphere of being at those conferences and networking and meeting different people at the different, you know, happy hour here, social there, right? But all right, let me get to the question. You're, well, hold on, like your perspective on that is also really awesome because I used to, uh, I had been out to Vegas when I first started with, with the firm in uh, what, like 07 or 08. I was doing some, some like one-off commercial off-the-shelf product work. They sent me to Vegas for training because that's where the company headquarters was. And it's a totally different experience when you're there for like a software training or something than it is when you go to Black Hat or DEF CON. Because just like you mentioned, like you, I have never had a networking experience like I did in 2019 when you know you were like hey let's go to this place i'm like i don't know what you're talking about you're like yeah let's just go let's just go to you know to beer yeah. park and let's go talk to these people I'm like all right and then you end up meeting you know dozens and dozens of people over the course of you know several days that are really plugged into networks that you had no idea you were a part of because you end up knowing the, the same people by like kevin bacon degrees yeah i mean it is. And it, that's like, that's like, and I've done the same thing. I've been to Vegas, like for, you know, work stuff, you know, and it wasn't the same. It was like, this is cool. There's lots of flashy lights. Like I can gamble and stuff, but there's something to say for having the conferences there. And like, you know, I know people try all their might to get out there every year. Right. And for me, it's, 
it's it's become less about the talks and more about just meeting the people and coming from a person that's uh, extrovert but I'm also like you know I, I don't need to know everybody but it's cool to meet new people in new situations and like wow we were probably working in offices across from each other and had no idea right and like oh man you were like you were living there I was living there too right and things uh -huh. like that so so right I think that it's, person like yeah oh yeah, yeah they fund they fund my thing or like oh they're right down the hall from me like oh I know that guy's a good dude like, oh, yeah. she's awesome she's an awesome reverser like oh right. that's small that's world it is a small right. world and I that's one thing that I didn't believe just you know to back this up when I first started and someone told me just like your dad told you that you know networking was was super important I remember someone telling me how small the world was of you know where we were in Central Maryland I was like that's okay. Right. Super cool. Right. Cool right. story, bro. Right. And it ends up being like, oh yeah, uh, you know, you still run into the same people wherever you're at, or like you you end up talking about the same people you know, because you have these shared connections. And it's it's really cool because it it you know conferences like that, especially Black Hand Defcon, I I found the 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 social aspect of it seems to be a little bit more important. Uh, just like you pointed out, more, a little bit more important than the conference itself. Yeah. And there are great talks and I've been to like a lot of them over the years. Right. And, you know, and been a part of them, like you said, you know, speaking and stuff like that. But yeah. So I think I don't want to think about if it's going to happen or not. I, I'm going to lean towards it's, it's probably not going to happen. I'm just more disappointed, you know, uh, in the aspect of just not being able to network with people. Right. And I have those, you know, those opportunities again to meet new people that I've not met. And obviously I get the situation and I'd rather us all, you know, be safe and all that. Uh, you know, in that aspect, you know, but, uh, you know, I've, I've tried a few of these virtual conferences and I know that uh, people that can't get out to all the different ones. And there's some that they've, that I've, you know, may never get to uh, join the virtually and you just miss that aspect of them. You know, I've tried the different chat, you know, I have every chat possible open upon one of my screens over here, right? Like <laughs> all the I, have dis I have discord, I have all the slacks, but I find myself only going to the one or two Z ones that I know people in and I talk to about, right? Um, so it's hard to like, cause that's what a lot of those are based on is like communicating in discord and stuff like that. And yeah. I think people can, some people are really versed in, in be able to chat with someone and go back to doing something, chat to someone and go back to doing yeah, something. I, don't think, I, I don't think that's me. Yeah. I, I get very disconnect. So I think the virtual conference is great. Um, I just, the way I think uh, things are going in the, and planet safe and things get pushed back, you know, in timelines and where we are in the state of the world. It's not going to happen, unfortunately. I don't think it's going to happen. Your, I hope it does. Your prediction is no. You don't think it's happening? Yeah, no. I think, I think once the Ring Zero training got moved all online last week, I think that's when I was kind of like, mm, you know, they're probably going to take you. Because it, it really, it's, I feel like it's going to take, it's like a domino effect. Like once one person's out, then like you're going to take a look at it a little bit harder and be like, well, maybe we could probably do some of this online. What I, what I think would be a really cool solution is if, you know, let's, let's play positive advocate here because I, I generally like to live my life by two mottos. Uh, reading is hard is motto number one. <laughs> number two is things which include, can always... Which includes <laughs> emails. Number, like, oh my God, I'm so bad at email. Number two is things can always be worse, right? So let's, let's, let's assume that like Vegas has actually opened up at, you know, August. And maybe there's the, the prospect of like, you know, some people aren't comfortable coming out of, of uh, quarantine yet. Some people can't, can't come out of quarantine yet. Maybe we can have like a hybrid conference, right? Where you have the people that are comfortable being in Vegas and you can go and attend uh, the talks and um, the labs and, and anything like, especially DEF CON, like that whole village last year, this is a side, a complete side conference, but like that village, I have never been to DEF CON before and seen like so much shenanigans at a village with like that sea, heck the sea village with like the, like a, like a, a what do you mean, like a freighter uh, control panel? It's oh, basically yeah, like yeah. Star Wars, right? Star Wars or Star Trek, whatever. Right Star next City to the village. ICS village, which had like a whole like water, like ICS. And then there's a here, car, like there's a, there's a, there's an automobile parked, you know, 60 feet away from that. And you're like, this is, this is ridiculous. But like, yeah. I feel like if you're able to, to somehow figure out how to have that in the virtual conference, you can kind of accommodate both situations because I really feel like there is a, a, a real good sweet spot of where like seeing someone's face and actually talking to them 
does you so much better than just sending an email or like hopping in the discord or, or whatever, and just be like, hi, I do that thing. You do it too, question mark and enter. And then, you know, maybe you're, maybe you get somewhere, but like personal interaction is important, uh, I guess yeah. is, is really what that boils down to. And I, I think that that might be some of my consulting background that just comes to that, it, you know, you only last 11 months because you hate people, but you know, <laughs> so I like people, you know, I just, you know, for me, it wasn't the, it was the people I worked with, full disclosure. It had nothing to do with like working with clients. No, it was it's just fine. I'm just, people. We're just trolling. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I miss it. Like, I think DEF CON and, it, it, and, and, you know, the Black Hat stuff is some of the best networking next to, um, you know, countermeasures that I've been going to. Shout out countermeasures. Hopefully I'll have, you know. That's, is that Ottawa? Yeah, Krim and Mike Sue are both of them on here that run that. Um, but they like their uh, events they have, and that's like a small, like supposed to IT industry for up there. And one, if you've never been to Ottawa and you want to get close to Europe, I mean, I think feeling Ottawa and Montreal are probably your two top. I like it feels, and I just love Quebec. it. Man. <laughs> just go to Quebec. Oh yeah. I mean, if you want to feel like you're in a foreign country, it was crazy doing that. Um, I think yeah, I, think I just uh, net, I I appreciate most conferences for the, like the networking aspects. Like I met people yeah. this year. I met people this year. What I did. Uh, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna forget his name, and I'm gonna kick back, kick myself about it. But I'll add it back up to it. Uh, puts on a, a jujitsu event every year at DefCon, and I went to that and met some different people. I think what you're I don't know, and it's. It's something kind of worth repeating that like, you know, the, the, the networking aspect of these, of these conferences, it's not just, you know, to go to Vegas, right? It's, it's, there, there's a lot more to it than just, absolutely. Know, I'm, I'm in Las Vegas. Look at me, check out my uh, sweet Instagram pictures of me in front of lions or right. tigers, <laughs> like a tiger king. You know, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful that it's going to happen this year. I um, I really like going out there for that conference or those conferences. Um, I look forward to it every year. And like I said, this has nothing to do with being in Vegas. You know, because I'm not a big fan of hot weather, right? Like, I'm not a big fan of FOMO either. But like, I stare out my hotel room. We talked about this last year. I'll text you. Like, I I'm ready to go to bed at like 10 o'clock because I'm just bombed from like the day. But then you just look out the window and like you see people out in the street and there's lights and there's blinky things and I'm ready to go. All of a sudden, I get energized. I'm ready to go and like you're you're ready to go to bed. Like I don't. Who am I gonna hang out with? There's no one else out there. Listen, I there, there's like one or two nights where I'm like I'm packing in early because like we've been out to like. Oh, dark 30 the previous morning and then oh, I'll, yeah. I got up again at 10 a.m right and you're like there's some days where you're like ah man i need to like i'm crashing but <laughs> that's vegas i mean you you know sometimes you need a break from vegas when you get back you know it's the real world and that ring zero training was supposed to be like the sad with the weekend before black hat and defcon so you crazy man we're gonna go out there like Thursday or Friday and then take your four days of classes and then do black hat and then do DEF CON and then go home like well, 10 I days later. I wasn't going to do black die out there. I wasn't going to do black hat. I was going to take some PTO because I, like, I wasn't going to fly home to come back, but because like, there's no reason not to do no, DEF CON. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to, I was going to take PTO and like take, you know, Wednesday and Thursday off and then just stay out there because like, I know, you know, my wife knows people, you know people, we know people that know people, and we get invited to mm -hmm. things, and like, as everybody does, and all the different parties that are free that you can go to, and sometimes you have to stand outside for an hour, but it's like, not like it's that hot at night, usually, and you know what it's like, and it's like, you know, I don't know, it's it's a great time, it's great networking, you know, it's good, oh, I heard a blip, but I, and it's gonna be sad if it doesn't happen, but understandable if it doesn't, you know, and I hope we can get to a and as I like to say, a new normal at some point in time, whenever that is, and whenever we're at, you know, uh, a, a way forward to do it. And that nighttime Vegas is like just right up my 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 Jimmy Jam. Yeah, you are you're a lizard person. Well, I, I don't I mean, want to have anything to do with cold weather at all. Whereas I like like skiing, even though like we haven't had great winters, and I have to go out west yeah. one day. 
I'll make it yeah. to the mountains and I'll get a Yeah, we can talk about skiing. Don't you have a, you have some good networkers that are uh, out in the, you know, the, the ski realm of life, right? You can talk about some skiing. Do I have anybody? I'll sit here and drink beer while <laughs> I'm sure I do. Talk about skiing. I mean, you know, uh, could save it for another day, another time. I think yeah, we have, I think like, all right, we'll segue. That's a perfect segue to kind of close out. Like, I think I, we have a few guests lined up. Uh, those that are going to be listening to this, once we get it out, you know, if we're friends or you're going to hear from me, if we're acquaintances and we don't talk a lot, you're still going to hear from me. And if you, you know, come across our podcast, it's definitely let us know. We'd love to have you on. You know, this isn't exclusive to our inner circle. There's many more people that I would like to meet this way. And like, you know, if we can't have the conferences and, you know, and some of us like me have a hard time with the virtual conferences, like this might be a way to intercept and hit an in between of it. You know? Yeah. I think, um, I, th we, I think it would be nice to just kind of just, uh, while we're all stuck at home right now, um, you know, why not, why not just have a drink with somebody? Yeah. Chat about what but, you do. And everybody's done like the zoom you know, this is just a little more intimate in some sense. So we can get to know each other as a whole and hear some funny stories. Like I had no idea you were scared to go in the woods. Oh, <laughs> I might not ever let this down, but this is great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If this, if this keeps up you're. I mean, and I keep, I guess in fairness, I can share like, I, I'm not scared of the dark, but every time I go into like the basement, I think most people can attest to this, but like when I go into a dark basement, I'm always like, man, there's someone down here. Well, we can talk about our, our ghost adventures, uh, yeah. shared love here, uh, and in a future episode. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, a guest on next week that, uh, I know she likes ghost adventures as well. And I'm, I'm sure she'll, we can get into the ghost adventures talk. It's all super fantastic. And I, I, I uh, look forward to sharing my fears. <laughs> Out in I look the forward open. to sharing my fears too and, and, and just drinking some good drinks, whether it's alcohol or not, and you know, whatever you like. And we hope yeah. that you all enjoy uh, us bantering for a little bit. Like I said, this won't be just us. We hope to have one or more guests in the future. Um, but thanks to my co host, David. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Happy you. You're the co-host. <laughs> thanks for thanks for asking me to do this a uh, uh, multiple of years ago, and now that you know, I have no yeah. choice but to say yes. Here I persistence, am. Persistence, persistence is necessary, and you don't get what you don't ask for, right? It's so. true. It's true. Do you have a uh, Do you have any uh, oh, Twitters yeah. or anything? Yeah, you we, plug we should, here. Yeah, we should plug you know where you can find us. So I'll get. I don't have the site for the the. Um, podcast up yet but we'll get that once we get the video going you can splice uh, you can, that in later kyle yeah we can splice that in later but you can find me on twitter uh cool underscore breeze 26 we can talk about how i came to the worst twitter name ever but not changing it now that's it you're stuck you can what about yourself me, you can find me at i reverse things on twitter <laughs> because that's my non-lurker twitter handle now uh, otherwise i don't do linkedin i i, I want to not do facebook just you know find me on twitter That's yeah i think twitter is the best way to get a hold of us and, and and i'll be sharing this out via there and linkedin as well um but uh mainly twitter is the best way to get a hold but yeah thanks well, again. again yeah glad to be here glad to be here have a good weekend yourself hey you too uh until next time you know until next time stay thirsty stay thirsty <laughs> i'll see you See ya.